Welcome to Brainstorium. I'm Anna Tissard, award-winning dream punk and deeply weird fantasy author. And yes, that's me and my fiction that's deeply weird. Explore and imagine with me the most unexpected story ideas using the surrealist word game of Exquisite Corpse. Find out more and join in at anatizard.com. This is a storytelling challenge unlike anything you've tried before. Hello imaginative people, I'm Anna Tizard and this is episode 27 of Brainstorium. I'm looking forward to inspiring you today with some new story brainstorms and as usual I'm sure we'll have a few laughs as well. I'll also be sharing with you another publishing opportunity because why not? If I can inspire you to write a story of your own then of course I'm going to encourage you to share it with the world somehow. But first of all, I want to address a question that's actually fundamental to this podcast. Why short stories? Why not novels? Doesn't every aspiring writer really just want to write a novel? Well, I'm not saying not novels because I've written a few of those, not all of them published yet, But from experience, I can assure you definitively that writing novels is hard and it takes a long time. And a lot of rewriting. In fact, some authors would say that the real meat of writing a novel is the rewriting. There's an awful lot to think about when you're creating a story of that length and you have to make decisions, often with your head and not with your heart, about structure, how many threads to wind in so it's complex enough to be satisfying but doesn't end up confused and in a complete tangle. You also need to go into a lot more depth with your characters in a novel because characters and plot are inherently intertwined. But with short stories you can pretty much dive right in. You'll probably take some time out to consider critically what a story needs to be the best that it can be, whether that's more development, a twist, more than one twist. I do like my surprises. I think that's a big part of the entertainment and intrigue factor for me as a reader and a writer. So I take my time to get them right. I'm quite a slow writer, but it is nothing like tackling a novel. Short stories are so freeing, you can really let your imagination go. No structural issues, no continuity worries, no major character backgrounds to build. Just follow the white rabbit of your imagination and see where it goes. I spent many years, more years than I am ready to confess right now, working on one book. I went round in circles with a professional editor, back and forth, and yes, I learned a lot. They were formative years for me, but it wasn't the most productive method. Obsessed with a single idea, I wrote myself into a corner. And meanwhile, the book had begun to mean almost too much to me. 
I couldn't imagine how I would feel if it wasn't a roaring success after all those years of work, all those changes and rewrites. So I was kind of frightened to put it out there into the world. But at the same time, I couldn't put it out into the world because I was lost in the idea and I didn't know how to get it right. I couldn't see the story clearly anymore from a critical distance because I'd spent so much time and I'd rewritten it so many times. That phrase, can't see the wood for the trees, I was deep in a forest of my own making. I was lost, covered in scratches, and there was howling in the distance. Do what you like with the metaphor. The fact is, I was not in a good place and nor was my writing. So when I started going to a creative writing group where you had to sit and write a short story from a writing prompt that was given to you for, I can't remember, it might have been half an hour. It astonished me, the stuff that just flowed out of my pen. And these were ideas I hadn't even thought about trying to write before. This was new experimental territory for me. Before long, I got one of them published and that fear I'd had as I wandered around in my tangled novel forest began to melt away. I could do this. When the group stopped running, my main stumbling block to carry on writing short stories was ideas, having enough ideas to write lots of short stories. I had plenty of big ideas that would work for novels or work within existing novel ideas, but not enough different, distinctive, varied ideas for standalone shorts until I came across the game of Exquisite Corpse, but that was some time later. But I discovered how much more quickly I could grow and learn as an author by writing short stories. Each one was a brand new experience, a new alleyway to explore. In a single year, just for an example, in a single year, you'll get a much higher number of different writing experiences if you write short stories than if you focus on a novel or even two novels, if you can manage that. Your voice, your writing voice, your style, your tone are all pulled in a wide variety of different directions instead of remaining focused on one story world. You get to try out countless different characters in as many different situations as you like. And along the way, you start to see patterns in the sorts of things that you write. You discover organically what your personal writing obsessions are, what it is you really want to write. You might already know, for example, that you're a fantasy author who likes to write about dragons but do you know why? Write 20 short stories and you might find out why. Write one full-length novel and you might never know. Or you'll, you'll know one reason why you write about dragons. By the end of 20 short stories, you're in a much better position to write a novel if you want to, knowing what your strengths are, what works for you, what you're really excited to write and why. You have the tools to dig deeper. In fact, lately, as I write more short stories and focus on writing more short stories, in some of them, I'm finding the beginnings of novels. 
ideas for novels I would never have come up with without the writing prompts of Exquisite Corpse. It's a lower pressure environment for your creativity to sprout something with a small expectation than if you start out with a heavy-handed, I'm going to make this a novel, which can be intimidating. And whether you're new to creative writing, or if you're very experienced, in which case you might want the occasional break from your work in progress to refresh yourself, exercise your imagination and stretch your skills in new directions. Either way, short stories are just a great all-rounder for writing practice and the beginnings of who knows what. Your imagination is your only limit. So I wouldn't say don't write a novel, but I would encourage you to dabble with ideas, particularly non-obvious ideas, in a playful state of mind, which is much more likely to get your creativity flowing in a new direction. Don't put pressure on yourself. Have fun, explore, and just see what happens when you try. if that's wet your appetite enough to try writing a new story. As promised, here is a publishing opportunity. The magazine of fantasy and science fiction publishes a range of stories, articles and poetry and it's been going for 72 years. The magazine is open to submissions for stories anywhere between flash fiction length, so just a few paragraphs, up to 25,000 words. That's probably the broadest range of acceptance for word length I've ever seen. They also accept poetry. There's quite a detailed section on what they're looking for. So if you think you might like to give it a go, definitely check out their submission guidelines. The webpage is quite a complicated address, so I'll put it in the show notes rather than spelling it out now. Now, please note, I don't have any personal experience of publishing with this magazine. So all I'm doing here is passing on information that I've read on the internet, as you might find similar information elsewhere. As ever, always check the terms and conditions for any publication you're considering submitting to. Now, as the sun sets on my introduction, The moon rises and casts its pale silvery light through a forest of new ideas. Not like my novel forest, a new one we can afford to get a little bit lost in. What shadows will we see there? What story paths shall we follow? It is time to see what new ideas emerge from the socks of destiny. Now, regular listeners will know that Exquisite Corpse generates a bizarre sentence that goes, describing word noun, action, describing word noun. And this is done by muddling up the random words that lovely people such as yourself may send me through my play page at anatizard.com. So, let us begin with our first word of the day which is from Tracy whose Twitter ID is Magna Carta 1967 talkative okay 
Who or what is talkative? Next word is from Paul Thomas. <laughs> cauldron. <laughs> so we have a talkative cauldron. <laughs> right. Let's have a look. What happens next? This is from... This is from Mariah. Danced with. Hmm. Next describing word would have to be from Alessandro Pozzo. And it is fluttering. Hmm. Okay, so last word, last noun, is to reach right down into the sock. This is from Anonymous. I get quite a few Anonymous ones and I can never tell if it's one person sending me lots of words or several. Moon. A fluttering moon. That is very bizarre. It makes me think of some kind of um, illustration for a child's book. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna write these down and I'm gonna read the whole exquisite corpse to you and we'll see what we make of it. Okay, so the entire exquisite corpse is the talkative cauldron danced with the fluttering moon. Oh, there's a kind of poetry to it, even though it doesn't make any sense to me yet. It's got a kind of um, lyrical feeling to it. A talkative cauldron danced with the fluttering moon. Um, okay, so I think we probably need to brainstorm, first of all, what these, um, the described nouns, what they could be. I mean, we don't have to try and force a story idea out of the entire Exquisite Corpse, but we can find interesting and unexpected story ideas from parts of it, depending on what is inspiring, what sparks something off in us. So if we're not going to go for the um, actual physical um, or literal, I should say, a literal tra um, translation of talkative cauldron, for example, what could a talkative cauldron be? I'm just thinking about a cauldron makes me think of something into which you would throw different ingredients, obviously, and then stir them around to create some kind of magic or magical spell. Um, and in a way, when you've got a room full of lots of talkative people, if everyone's talking at once, in my mind, that's like a similar sort of visual or oral um, sort of image um, things being stirred around, gossip being stirred around. It's kind of like, it is a cauldron effect in a way. Um, and actually, it's a slightly awkward name for a cafe, but you could call a cafe the talkative cauldron, or you could describe, if you're a bit strange, like me, uh, you could describe a cafe or a pub as a talkative cauldron. And it's making me think now of a group of people who gather together to have a discussion about something. They're making secret plans. Is it a coven because of the, the cauldron idea? 
They're all very talkative. They're all talking at once. So there's a sense of urgency. Something has happened in the magical world or maybe in the ordinary world that's threatening their way of life or is threatening magic itself. Or maybe there are dark forces within magic that are, that are rising up. Um, and so they have to come together in this urgent meeting to decide what is to be done. But at the moment, it's just a rabble. It's just noise. Everyone's talking at once. They need someone to be their leader, to sit up or stand up and um, suggest what what they need to do. They need to come together. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and fluttering moon. What could that be? Again, a, a moon is um, very uh, common image to come up um, in relation to the supernatural, um, magic, darkness. Um, oh, this is rather interesting. But how could, I mean, let's just try it just for the sake of argument. How could the talkative cauldron, this meeting or this coven, dance with a fluttering moon? Ooh, I have, I have an image now, a fluttering moon. To me, it's like um, the surface of water where the moon is reflected and the surface has been disturbed. Either someone's dabbling their fingers in it or has they've thrown a pebble in or something or they're doing something else. They're winding a, a twig or a wand through the surface of this water to try and stir some kind of magic and it's the reflection of the moon is fluttering. Mm, maybe it's even dancing. So where is this? Is this maybe this urgent meeting? They're all gathered round in um, a, a pub that they've, you know, for private hire. There's perhaps a room upstairs for, for private hire and someone's poured tea into um, a big bowl or perhaps they've actually got a cauldron there and someone's been cooking up a spell to try and bring everyone together and just come up with ideas. Um, but it's a full moon outside and they've pulled back the curtains, the moon's shining um, on, onto the liquid and it's being reflected back. And now this person, while everyone's chattering around them, um, they're actually calmly um, in the middle, they're just stirring their wand through the surface of, of the water and the moon image flutters and suddenly everyone grows silent and this person has something to say, something urgent but solemn, something that will draw them all together um, or terrify them to their very bones. Perhaps she's a spy on the darker side of, of magic and she knows more than the others while they're chattering away with their gossip, just pieces of information they've picked up along the way, just gossip about what's gone wrong. Disturbances in the force, or I don't know, a whole load of frogs falling from the sky, or <laughs> just scary signs. That for to them it's all kind of um guesswork as to what's really been going on it's gossip but this one person in the middle who's come prepared with her spell 
who makes the moon flutter in the surface of a pool of water. She knows what's what and she has an idea about what they need to do. Hmm, interesting. I feel this is quite a good start. But I think it is time to move on to our second exquisite corpse. Let's see, who's this from? This is from Cat with a double T. And the word is spacey. Hmm. Either from space or in space or, I don't know, very spacious, I guess. Let's see. This is, haha, this is a font word. <laughs> if you listen to my last show, um, I was obsessing about crazy font titles, which were very suggestive of story ideas. So this is from the brand Sinister Fonts. Um, and I just plucked a word from it because I liked it. Fingers. <laughs> a spacey fingers. Ooh, fingers in space. There's a giant hand reaching from the sky. Okay, let's not jump ahead of ourselves. Let's find out what the action is before we go any further. This is from Fraser Armitage. <laughs> Delivered an important message to. Oh, that's rather strange. Okay, let's um, let's try for another noun then. And we have what's this? This is another anonymous. Magnanimous. Oh, okay. Let's just try our last word. We'll see what this is about. Magnanimous. Um, oops. This is from Mariah again. <gasps> killer. A magnanimous killer. Ooh, that's weird. Okay, so I'm just gonna, I think I need to put these words together. I'm just gonna pause and write it down. Okay, so we have the spacey fingers delivered an important message to the magnanimous killer. <laughs> okay, I think I'm really gonna need some green tea now. Let's give this a stir. Okay, let's see if we can make sense of this. Right, with spacey fingers, I just have this image in my mind of um, this giant hand coming down from space. Um, but the idea that they delivered, this hand delivered an important message to someone. Um, you can actually see that. It could be a physical, literal thing, um, holding uh, an envelope or a package. And down the hand comes and passes on this message but to whom to a magnanimous killer what could that be or who who could be a magnanimous killer someone who puts extremely uh ill people who want to die out of their misery Ooh. 
that's a bit of a that's a bit of a weird one bit of an ethical conundrum there um what else could a magnanimous killer be what a strange word combination to come up with i can't help but think that maybe it would work better if it's if the killer believes that they are magnanimous in some way they're completely deluded they believe they are this generous helpful person um and yet they are a killer so someone who is quite a dangerous a very dangerous person um if they're both a murderer and yet believe they are somehow helping people by murdering them ooh that is one chilling character that would be i imagine very difficult to write and i would not go into that as a as first person can you imagine doing it you know i this and i that from the point of view of the killer no it would have to be from third person or from i suppose you know any other perspective becoming aware of this person what if you were a psychiatrist or a counselor and someone comes in asking for your help they're happy to pay you know the going rates and everything but it turns out as you talk to them that they are completely deluded they have killed people but they believe they were magnanimous in doing so that they were helping people out maybe they went round killing um rapists and other criminals um and then getting confused when they approached um those criminals victims and and those victims either couldn't believe uh what they'd done um or just violently disagreed that that was the right thing to do ooh that is a very strange story idea very dark if you're interested in dark psychological stories maybe that's one for you um and the spacey fingers <laughs> that is just so strange just this image it makes me think isn't there something in monty python with like a big hand coming down i've got this sort of almost cartoon image in my mind it's a very basic sort of animation this hand sort of going dunk, dunk, up and down it doesn't seem very realistic and yet could you make it realistic what if well this is not going to be realistic by the way but this is more how could you make it less comedic is what i want to say how can you draw a reader into this idea and make them intrigued and suspend their disbelief for the sake of a bit of fantasy so go with me on this so imagine if you were to describe these fingers more like tentacles pulsing in space and something causes them to come down towards earth perhaps it's one of our um i don't know it's don't we put rubbish in space now i heard somewhere we put junk in space or perhaps that bits of bits of rockets and things like that in orbit just kind of break off and float around in space well maybe this alien has been disturbed by um, a piece of rubbish human rubbish bumping into it and that's the message they've come to deliver oh this is comedy after all but it has a twist 
So you start off with this spooky image. You, you draw the reader in by describing this strange, pulsing tentacle um, that turns out to be a finger of some kind. And then um, it's floating through space, but something makes it twitch horribly, like a fleshy spider in space. And then it's, it comes down um, towards Earth and the message as the hand opens and allows this envelope or scroll or whatever it is that flows out because it's it's spied on human uh, history and uh, what we get up to. So it, it, it's observed the kind of uh, manner in which we've, uh, that we receive uh, and send messages. So here's a letter and the letter unfurls onto, onto the earth and it says, please do not leave your rubbish in space <laughs> okay <laughs> that is rather strange I admit it but um hey this is a strange show um I mean I gave you a more realistic idea with the magnanimous killer if well at a stretch that is more realistic there's no aliens involved okay next the last uh, exquisite corpse let's have a look what the Sock has for describing words. This is from Mariah again. Doomed. Oh goodness. That's um yes, it's rather final. Um the noun is from Paul Benfield. <laughs> Tadpole. <laughs> the doomed tadpole. Right, next, what, what did this doomed tadpole get up to? This is from uh, Anonymous again. Um, sucked the life out of. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> oh God, this is really strange. <laughs> oh no, right. This is for a ha-ham. If I can get it off my finger. Margaret Homersham. Hesitant. Right. I'm not going to pass judgment until we've got this final now. going to dig right deep into the bottom of the sock. And find... This is from Paul Thomas. Oh my goodness. Okay, so let's look at the whole exquisite corpse. Let's not pass judgment yet. I may pour some more green tea to deal with this. Okay, so we have the doomed tadpole sucked the life out of the hesitant pineapple. Of course we do. Okay, I need more green tea. This is just highly necessary. Right. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I'm looking at a hesitant pineapple <laughs> and I am not knowing what to do. But if you suck the life out of a pineapple, all you're doing is juicing. Am I right? 
it's just a fruit. You're making a fruit juice. So are we at uh, a juice bar or, you know, a, a cafe that offers all sorts of very fresh, natural foods? Perhaps they have Greek salad. Perhaps I'm thinking of my lunch. Right. Um, doomed tadpole. Oh, you know what? This makes me think of the first exquisite corpse with the talkative cauldron and the witches gathered round in their conference trying to work out what to do. Maybe you could connect the two exquisite corpses in one story. Ooh, this is interesting. The doomed tadpole. So in, in the cauldron where this this head witch, okay, that's who she is, or she's about to become. I think she's going to get promoted if she isn't already, because she's coming up with a solution. She's taking the whole thing seriously with this solemn, calm um, way about her, this manner. And as she's stirring the cauldron, there's a little tadpole in it. <laughs> I don't think this is t green tea in the cauldron, okay? I think... She's got something else going on there. You know what? Maybe it's just pond water. Oh, but the poor tadpole is doomed. But maybe it's because the tadpole tells the truth. The tadpole is the little life that must be given up in order for the truth to come out. So in the way that they use things to... Um, create prophecies so to be able to read the future there is a cruelty perhaps uh, you know well depending on what style of of which you know which 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 tradition are we talking about here um <laughs> stop me before i get stuck in the puns but yes there's it's very cruel but these you know maybe they're not completely good witches maybe this is all about a tussle for power and Maybe this tadpole is able to speak once she's stirred her wand in the surface of the liquid that's there, which is apparently pond water, but perhaps it's got a few other ingredients thrown in. I mean, this is a spell after all, and the fluttering moon across the surface um, is like an echo that stops everyone in the room everyone grows silent and the little tadpole who was they didn't realize perhaps the main witch didn't even realize he was there swims up to the top of the surface and you think he's about to gape air but actually he speaks and he tells them uh what's either clarifies what's going on or he gives them the solution witches must go to war something like that um but does it before it does this <laughs> before the tadpole speaks does it suck the life out of a hesitant pineapple mm. <laughs> oh well maybe a squeezed pineapple with a little bit of pineapple juice is what completes the <laughs> the, the potion in the cauldron oh my goodness this is too strange or is it? Could you write a story based on any of the aspects and the, or the ideas that I've brought up today? Whether it's the spacey fingers reaching down from 
the galaxy to uh, accuse us of leaving rubbish in space, which, you know, there's an element of a realism in there. Um, or might you talk about an upcoming war of the witches? Well, I hope you found that session inspiring. Until next time, go forth and be inspired. I hope you enjoyed today's brainstorium. You can find out more about Exquisite Corpse and my series, The Book of Exquisite Corpse, at anatizard.com. Subscribe to my e-newsletter and you'll get volume one for free. And while you're there, why not submit a few words to the Socks of Destiny on my play page? You may inspire me or inspire yourself to write a unique new story. See you next time.